Welcome to CTO Confessions with TC Gill. Brought to you by IT Labs. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This episode of CTO Confessions is brought to you by the one and only IT Labs, providing technology leaders with purpose-driven development teams for high-performance, innovation and productivity. What more could you want? Please think of us like tech leaders' favourite off-the-shelf service, providing quality, high-performing teams off that shelf. And your host today is me, TC Gill, IT Labs Chief Talking Officer, and I'm speaking from London, UK. And in this episode, we're going to be talking to Turan, the CTO of a company called OneDome. The company is creating a dome of ease over the whole process of buying a house, bringing delight and speed to a process that can be like a medieval torture case. So let's not delay, let's get Turan into the space and share his enlightening stories and knowledge. Welcome to CTO Confessions Podcast, Turan. It's great to have you on board. Thanks to see. It's great to talk to you. Brilliant. So tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Who are you and what do you do? Uh, so I'm CTO at a company called Wandom. Wandom is a property technology startup. I've been CTO for the last uh, three years. Before that, I've worked for large to medium companies and very small startups. Uh, lots of interesting stories to share. So I hope uh, it will be useful for our listeners. Brilliant. That's great. Before we kind of jump into what Wandome does, I want to ask about your journey, you know, right? how you got to where you are now. What was that like? Oh, sure. It's one, it was an interesting one. So I worked on very different sizes and scales of companies and different stages as well. So before Wandome itself, I used to work for Palantir Technologies. Uh, I have, was forward deployed engineer. It's quite an interesting role where you work um, uh, on the side with uh, customers and help them solve their problems, see lots of different exciting uh, challenges across the world. Uh, before that, I was in a very small startup. Uh, it was called Landmarks. It was also property technology. Unlike Wandom, it was like three people and we were doing literally everything. Oh, wow. I, I, I have to uh, kind of uh, take a slight divergence here because I love maths. I think math is like poetry, you know? I think it's beautiful. So what is it about maths that you love? I think for everyone uh, who is not sure about what type of technical work or what type of scientific work they want to do in future, at certain younger age, it might be good to get just into math because whatever you do, it will help you in future. So that was my uh, approach to it. Uh, to be honest, I was always on applied side of mathematics, so was never deep into it. Uh, I always kind of had a view that at some point I will decide whether it's computer science or physics or something else that I want to continue with. So that's really great to hear, actually, because I think, you know, what you've touched on there is, is that these kind of fundamental core subjects, which are the springboard for a lot of other avenues that you can take. You can take. I mean, for me, again, you know, the elegance of maths is just beautiful and its applications are just wide. Um, but also that I'm really curious as to your you know, how it's helped your career. I mean, what, what has math given you then in this aspect? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, it's hard to say with specific examples. I think it's um, generally as a way you think about things. Uh, math helps you to be a really, really abstract thinker. It helps you to relate uh, domains that, uh, like, uh, especially like when you, we talk about applied math, um, there's certain patterns in domains that uh, from outside don't side look related, but you can really say, take something from uh, biology and apply it in uh, building cities. You can uh, take something from um, 
say physics and apply it in uh, study of uh, relationships uh, between people in yeah. uh, large societies. So it's quite interesting in that sense. I think the key takeaway is that ability to abstract and ability to use um, some fundamental things in a very unexpected situations. So yeah, so it sounds like you know uh, you you've gone from maths and then gone into this a lot to do with property. What is it about properties that you you love? What's what's the draw, the magnet? Yeah, sure. Uh, at first, it happened uh, accidentally, to be honest. But uh, a property, and especially buying a property, I think it's one of the most important purchases in most of our lifetimes. So uh, there's a lot of stress around it. There are lots of problems around it. Uh, stories, people losing uh, um, like opportunities. Stories about people uh, losing their uh, real estate. So I was always uh, kind of passionate about uh, helping uh, to sort it out because from outside it doesn't look like something that uh, should be that hard. It's uh, literally just another purchase, right? Uh, why mm. it should it be more complicated than buying something on Amazon online? Absolutely. I have the scars. We're not on video, but I can show you the buy the house buying <laughs> scars to prove it. You know, and it, it, you speak exactly to the problem of the problem. It doesn't have to be there. It's 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 endemic. I don't know, there's something about the way the system works, which is what we're gonna sure. go on to now, you know? So um, so your com the company that you're uh, working in and, and leading the tech in, uh, OneDome, what's the problem that you're solving in the market? Yeah, it's a great question. So we're actually changing, uh, changing the way people uh, buy properties. We really want to uh, implement the vision I just described to make it as easy as buying something online. Uh, right now in the market, there's a lot of stress, uh, lots of broken relationships between organizations. Um, alignment is not great in terms of alignment of interests. And we, we don't blame anyone. We don't think it's uh, someone's fault. Uh, we think it's a systematic problem, actually. it's uh, We have to zoom out and look into things holistically to solve that. It's actually where one dom name comes from. We try to look into things under one oh, dom. See. Uh, we don't try to bring things under one dom. <laughs> we try <laughs> to look at things in, uh, yeah. like if, if it's under one dom. And uh, so what we do as a company, we build tools and we build platforms to help align organizations, uh, people, and it can be uh, portals, it can be uh, estate agents, conveyancers, buyers, sellers, everyone in one place. Yeah. Uh, so that this uh, pain is finally relieved and oh, people don't it. get the scars that you described. Yeah, the, the, it's a systematic problem. It's a historical thing. I imagine, mm. you know, nobody designs these problems in it. They kind of evolve. Um, uh, can you give some, some examples of aspects of that system that are broken, are, that do need to be uh, almost like you know when you're ironing out creases in in a in a you know a pair of jeans, you know you're kind of ironing out that crease that's been there forever. What what kind of creases do you see in the system? So it's good point that you mentioned that it's historical thing because in fact there's some countries uh, where system works quite differently. There's some countries where. Uh, you can go and buy property within the same day. It just takes two hours. You bring uh, money and you sign documents and register updates, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Usually, this tends to be uh, in countries where the entire property ecosystem was reset. Say, like uh, uh, former Soviet Union countries, where like uh, they went to state to own every single property and back to kind of private ownership. That kind of was a big reset, and that's why in former Soviet uh, countries. Uh, it's really easy to to buy property. It really wow. takes, takes do you know hours. What, 
when you when you said that, it takes hours, right? My eyes literally fell out because I, I I cannot believe you can actually do that in one day, you know. Um, and and the interesting thing is, is that a reset of the system. You know, the old system is just not working. You know, Absolutely. let's start again. Wipe the slate clean. Start again. And uh, do you think this will ever happen in the UK where we're kind of based? I don't think it's a good idea to be honest because <laughs> the price to pay is quite high, obviously. Yeah, and yeah. we believe there are much better ways to get into that world. Uh, we don't think it is uh, impossible to uh, get there with some impactful steps with uh, help of technology, with help of rethinking this process, uh, etc. Uh, as for which problems uh, like we see day to day, a lot of this is around collaboration and communication. Uh, a lot of things in this still happen on paper and by phone calls. Yeah. Uh, so there's, hu there's huge opportunity to improve this. Brilliant. And Again, coming back to the UK uh, with your system, One Dome system, and I'm really, I'm really curious around uh, being sure. able to use this because you know we're looking at moving home as well. Um, and um, the 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 end to end, uh, I mean, is the is the system available now? Is it is it alive? Yes, absolutely. So we do uh, uh, live transactions for like a long time already. So and we already have some experience running them. And we have something I would call methodology, how to do it efficiently and quickly. So this is uh, our main uh, kind of alignment. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we have some uh, really happy customers. Brilliant, I love that. And 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 just to clarify for the audience and for myself, uh, this is purely around the kind of domestic housing market, uh, commercial market as well? Uh, it's a UK market for sure. Uh, like... Uh, we haven't done any commercial transactions, as far as I know. Uh, we're mostly looking for like private properties, etc. Uh, but uh, it's something that we can definitely consider. Uh, like the system is uh, not rigid in that sense, so it's yeah. uh, quite flexible, and we can consider different types of properties. So we work a lot with uh, new homes uh, together with old stock. Uh, so it's uh, like commercial is just another category for us. So let's say, for example, the existing incumbent system that most of us have used and are using uh the, the scale of one to ten of it being painful is like a ten and a half okay right sure <laughs> what, what, and i imagine your system is evolving to make that easier it's, it's not there right where is it now in terms of that that pain painometer painometer Oh, great question. Uh, to be honest, I wouldn't look at it like that. Uh, it's uh, customers with which we help them to transact really in a matter of weeks, uh, way shorter than average months in the UK. Uh, and it's case by case, right? So there's a certain case where our like knowledge and everything that we learned previously helps us uh, to speed up transaction a lot. There are certain cases which are a little bit uh, new for us and it's a little bit more challenging there. But as we do this more and more, we learn and improve the system. So next transaction, similar to previous one, will be faster, etc. We had a property uh, just to, for the audience uh, to kind of give clarity as to the pain that can exist. Uh, we had a property that we were selling. There was no chain. There was no nothing. And yet it took months you know what, what, what is that all about there was just and it, it, it came sure, down sure. to the systemic kind of processes that are in place and again curiosity around the problem that you're solving the technology around that what's the technology around this that's actually making it smoother and quicker oh sure so we 
Hubs is uh, again like back to this holistic vision. We have uh, platforms that covers most sides of the journey and provides tools for various professionals, uh, to end users, consumers, buyers, and sellers uh, to uh, solve the part that we believe that the most, the most problematic. So, yeah. say parts, uh, for example, within transaction, uh, there's a lot of communication during uh, like onboarding stages or during. Uh, exchange of information and uh, because this happens in between multiple organizations in between uh, multiple parties it's really not efficient and we kind of solve that problem with uh, providing this shared tool um, and shared platform to make information visible another another kind of um, system uh, systems approach to this is to just to make information visible we believe that we can improve uh, the speed and efficiency a lot by uh, making sure everyone knows what state of the transaction or what state of this purchase uh, like we're looking at because this is the biggest problem. People are confused. People don't know what's going yes. on and yeah. that is uh, the most popular reason why people pick up phone and harass yeah. each other. Harass each other. They literally do get harassing. It's like, Absolutely. you know, and, and again, this touches on to something that I'm very passionate about. We are very passionate about at RT Labs is communication, you know? So that, that's really good. And and from a customer's perspective, so for example, on, what does that platform look like? Is it, what's the technology behind that? Is it uh, an app or is it? Yeah, uh, good point. So uh, it looks like a mixture of marketplace uh, and uh, when it goes into transactional part, it looks more like a, a collaboration software. It, we draw some lessons from uh, workflow tools, from uh, uh, SaaS world, etc. So for a CTO, it's quite a challenge to build uh, these two <laughs> together in good symbiosis yeah. uh, because these two are usually built by different companies, uh, different like companies who do marketplaces, companies who do SaaS products. But here it's really intermixture of uh, both parts. Uh -huh. uh, so it's like uh, it's quite interesting in that sense. Yeah. And as the tech leader in this, because sometimes uh, we had a conversation about this just before the uh, podcast, which was around, uh -huh. it's a cross-functionality of understanding. So um, I guess you have an interest in, in property selling and what have you, but you're obviously, your focus is the technology and creating the solutions. How do you know that you're actually solving the problem from a technology perspective that the customer is going to get the smoothest ride through this and also the various stakeholders? Oh, great question. I think it all comes to alignment, uh, alignment uh, around this vision. Uh, so it, even though everyone has his role in the company, and like we have software engineers, we have uh, people in marketing, uh, but we really make sure that uh, we have one mission and we're solving this problem, no matter what it takes. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's very important to keep that alignment in my mind. And, and as a, even CTO, I have this holistic CTO approach where I think that I'm not just like heading engineers or I'm not heading uh, technological decisions. I see myself as um, someone who can be the chief engineer of company, basically. Well, if a company is uh, this big uh, machine, yeah, uh, and uh, to be honest, there's systems in uh, like uh, marketing and sales. We use different software, uh, and there are lots of things we can improve within um, 
wound on by looking into things uh, all together, like from uh, this uh, emails that are sent to customers to uh, the screens they will see and to the phone calls they will receive. It all has its own technological aspect to it, and we can improve um, like the experience. We can ex improve expectations of people by applying this technological knowledge. So it's it would be a big mistake, I think, if we isolate and only solve. Um, technology bit of it and yes. uh, don't think about whatever is happening in marketing or whatever is happening in sales because it's all connected and uh, the way people perceive your company is the way uh, customers perceive you it's as a one thing no one is thinking about one dom engineering team separately ever yes. uh, maybe unfortunately but <laughs> people perceive us as just one dom it doesn't matter like like uh, whose uh, responsibility internally it is so I think yeah. uh, it's very important for uh, companies of our scale to maintain this alignment and understanding that they're all doing the one thing. I want to move now onto, uh, you know, your passion. Because what I find really interesting when you speak to CTOs and tech leaders and what have you is, is that the, the, their passion sometimes drive, you know, uh, the work that they do and somehow is related. So do you have any passions? What are your passions? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so I would say I have very diverse range of interests and yep. uh, kind of bringing it back to the mathematics thing that we described. I really like to learn from different uh, industries and domains. And one thing I'm quite passionate about is uh, design and design in wider sense, in more gen general sense. It's uh, from product design to industrial design to architecture to urban planning. I think there are lots of lessons to draw from there into what we do, I'm I'm quite fascinated by uh, studying how certain cities were growing and uh, how uh, certain buildings were built to solve certain problems. Another thing would be around languages uh, of all kinds. Uh, I uh, before kind of starting my commercial career, I studied at the University of Edinburgh and I studied AI with a focus on natural language processing. Uh, so since then, I'm quite uh, passionate about everything around computational linguistics yes. and understanding uh, language from computational uh, point of view. So I want to come now onto your leadership, okay? Because obviously, leadership is, a, you know, slightly obvious, an important thing in tech leadership. It's a different type of leadership. There's a there's there's some nuances in the tech space. How do you roll as a leader? What do you like? Oh, it's a very interesting topic for me. Uh, to be honest, I think. Uh, the most efficient uh, leaders are um, the leaders who serve their people, in my view. Uh, so I'm a big supporter of servant leadership concept. And might sound like something uh, that is changing today, but I believe it uh, existed always. And some of the greatest leaders in history were actually uh, servant leaders. So I'm, I'm quite keen as a leader to uh, look into ways how I can empower people I work with, how I can provide them bright tools. Uh, guidance when needed and the most important thing is context i think sharing the right context in the right time is how you rule basically uh, that is a the topic of communication that we mentioned before uh, this is what you have to master as a leader to be able to communicate what is needed as input uh, or as like general context for someone to be successful um, it, there's a lot of uh, to study in this because uh, you can be micromanaging by just giving a little bit of information each time and uh, kind of for a very small task, but you can really master it and give 
really good overview, uh, just good enough for people to be successful autonomously. Uh, another aspect of leadership I'm super interested in is uh, leading through coaching. Uh, so this is something I have to learn a lot yet. Uh, this is about to uh, focusing on growing your team and um, being basically a coach for uh, like everyone in your company and uh, supporting their growth and having this perspective. I'm really keen on this topic and try to uh, educate myself uh, and try to practice it more. Uh, but I think this is one of the things that comes more with experience as you mature as a leader, uh, you know what is right and what is wrong. Uh, but I definitely see uh, this as being the most, one of the most valuable skills. Uh, Brilliant. Because, uh, it's all about people. Yes, absolutely. And on that subject, being uh, being a certified professional coach myself, my leadership went from being pretty terrible. Okay, I'm going to use the, the <laughs> 10 scale at the moment. I was like a minus seven, you know. Uh, I was a proper control freak and what have you. And, uh, and it slowly migrated up towards the zeros, which isn't still great. But it was coaching, learning the art of coaching that really opened up that, that um, I don't know, treasure of possibilities. And I like to think that I'm a much better leader for it. So I totally encourage you. And I totally hear that you want to learn that and you see that. Now, I've got some curiosity around this, Turan. Um, sure. um, so sometimes what we find is, is that as we're developing our leadership, we start out a particular way and then we realise that I am on the wrong path. You know, this is not working and it's creating a lot of upset. It's not efficient. What was the learning point for you? You mentioned servant leadership. Was there a particular thing, time or person that changed your mindset around leadership? Oh, it's... Uh, it interesting take on it um to be honest i think the key thing is to be honest with yourself at all times um as you uh, it's it's true with all professions all jobs but in if you're in leadership position that is because usually others won't question you and it's your job to question yourself and yeah. your belief system quite often. I wouldn't say that uh, I had some big shift into this uh, servant leadership concept because uh, some of the greatest leaders I worked with had this uh, spirit. So I was lucky to inherit it, I would say. Uh, but um, there were lots of other things I had to learn. I made a lot of mistakes uh, in, again, like understanding what is the right level of uh, autonomy. I tried, to, I've been at some points uh, overly hands-on as a CTO, kind of getting involved into decisions uh, that uh, like you should definitely live with a team, etc. cetera. I, I, I learned a lot from this and I think, uh, just the general setting to be honest with yourself at all times is uh, very important to have these tough conversations with yourself uh, yes. and ask always ask um, am I actually helping by doing it um, do I actually believe that I'm the best person to do this etc etc these are some important questions so yeah. as much as you try to coach others uh, the first person you have to coach is yourself I guess <laughs> yeah yeah so here we go then I'm going to be really tough on you I'm going to be a tough host because uh, this is called CTO Confessions. Do you want to confess there's some real stories and the, and the learning from that that you can share with us? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. So um, I think I'll go with that uh, line of being too hands-on. Uh, so I'll uh, share a story of that. So early on, um, there was a project when uh, we had an idea to restructure one piece of our software, one uh, product, and it was uh, 
quite, I would say, technologically driven. There were some uh, technological simplification in it, using better technologies would help us scale in future, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I, I was so excited about it that I went out and uh, like built a lot of it myself, our like uh, week or two, and uh, kind of brought it as uh, something ready, expecting that. Oh, look how uh, how cool it is. I will yeah. impress everyone and will build on top of it. But you know what happened? Of course, uh, <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> as smooth as I expected uh, because, uh, first of all, um, uh, this handover process takes time. And like even if you build the best possible code yeah. ever, uh, you have to think how to hand over it um, in terms of right skill set, in terms of people uh, having their own responsibilities already. And uh, there's another aspect of it that in two weeks you don't build perfect solutions, obviously, uh, and uh, uh, you have to find this balance. So main learning for me from that was this mode of uh, hacking is great, but uh, you have to keep it separate. So since then we have something called zero dome uh, in one dome, in addition to one dome. It's <laughs> like our experimental pro projects, uh, experimental tools that we build with more like artistic approach. Uh, let's build it quickly and learn. But whatever we do, uh, take into production, whatever we take into kind of to real customers, uh, that uh, goes more thoughtful process and less impulsive. I would say. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's great learning there because I I I, I kind of hear some of my journey in there as well. So Turan, I mean, this is great. It sounds like you're you're a real uh, learner, a continuous learner on your leadership. Uh, now there's lots of types of leadership, uh, and tech leadership is another type. My question here is, is around what, what makes a really good tech leader and do you have an underlying purpose that's driving your tech leadership? Oh, interesting question. Um, in terms of purpose uh, of leadership, I always seen it, uh, to be honest, as a yet another role in a way. I don't want to decrease its importance because, of course, it's a role with a huge impact on, on uh, what's going on in company. It also has uh, huge responsibilities. Uh, Etc. But it's yet another role, and uh, I think again back to this concept of servant leadership. Uh, you're only successful as a leader if you make everyone else is su successful. And I like this concept of kind of a disappearing leader. The most successful leaders are the ones that can actually step out and disappear, and uh, like yeah. the company will still be successful. I would say not rush into titles, uh, for example. I think that most uh, impactful leaders in tech uh, don't even have uh, CTO titles uh, wow. yeah. uh, in their companies. Some of them are uh, open source leaders, contributors, um, active members of uh, communities, uh, leaders in certain field, uh, etc. Uh, so I think uh, it's literally a hat that you wear uh, to do some impact, but a very important uh, hat, of course, with a lot of uh, responsibility that comes with it. Brilliant. I love that. I think that's a really quite deep statement. And thank you for sharing that because you're right. Everybody's a leader in some respect, you know, uh, and, and, and depending on the context of where you are, that, you know, you might be the right person. Now, coming on to your situation and your leadership at the moment, what's the thing that keeps you up at night at the moment? Because I can imagine being a tech leader is quite a challenging role. Uh, yes, of course. Uh, like I, I would say, it's about people and making sure uh, we create this environment uh, for everyone, uh, for everyone to contribute their best. 
Um, it's challenging in startup because things change and the environment that we try to build uh, mm. is changing a lot. Like it's uh, like we're building house and inside of this house, you're building something else. Yes. Uh, so uh, that is the biggest challenge, how to balance this interest, interest of uh, uh, company strategy, where we're heading, like what we're building and uh, making sure you grow team internally as well. And uh, the way I uh, approach this, and it's uh, basically, it's my personal belief is that uh, whatever we do as engineers, whatever we do as uh, tech people, uh, always has to serve this bigger purpose. And it's very important to communicate this bigger purpose or like uh, uh, impact that your uh problem solving is having uh, on everyone in your company. So I think this is uh, very interesting for me, uh, a very interesting challenge. And yeah, I think this is one of the things that keep me, keeps me busy to make yeah, sure that's good. Yeah, yeah. people are in all aligned. And uh, because as technical people, we obviously have a lot of interest. I myself look at the new frameworks, new technologies all the time. Uh, but uh, like your work or your company is not uh, lab to experiment with all of that. You have to make sure whatever you do has a bigger purpose. So Charan, what would make it easier? What would make your life as a tech leader easier? Oh, I think uh, what helped me so far a lot is uh, some of the great mentors I have. Uh, I think mentorship is very important when you start as leader. I, 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 there's a huge impact um, for me personally. It gives you some a fresh look, fresh perspective. It keeps you accountable. It's uh, more like people uh, assume you can share your fears and your mm. thoughts. So it's invaluable, invaluable, I, I would say. Uh, I, I would encourage everyone to reach out and build a good network of support around them, yes, especially if you're just starting as a, a leader. So Taran, I want to talk about the big elephant in the room right now. So people listen to this in the future. We are still in the COVID era, okay? Um, how are you dealing with that elephant in the room, which is in the shape of a COVID virus? What's it been like remote working and et cetera, et cetera? Uh, yeah, to see, to be honest, uh, there were some aspects of remote working already in London before COVID happened. Um, but COVID, to be honest, had a very serious impact on us as well. We had to learn a lot to scale this uh, across the company to make sure this kind of remote practices to work with everyone. Uh, we had some great learnings, I would say, in terms of communication, in terms of uh, organizing processes. Uh, the key learning is don't try to replicate Office. Don't try to use Zoom and Slack all the time to create this uh, kind of presence, except that remote working is a completely different way of working. And from there, you will start uh, actually seeing some value and some benefits of it. I, I've actually written a blog post about our learnings and uh, what were uh, key things that we changed and made that successful. I would just uh, maybe list some of them. For example, it's very important to invest into having a great shared knowledge base, something like internal wiki, uh, using tools like Notion uh, or something to make sure you have a uh, great learning resource for everyone uh, written down. Uh, another thing is mastering, I would say, asynchronous communications. This is uh, kind of not trying to slack uh, or video call every time. It's uh, being uh, good in using 
delayed communication, uh, communicating expectation uh, in what you do. Uh, we, we all hate uh, using emails because of uh, all the spam around it, etc. But actually, the fundamental idea behind email or like that mode of communication is quite great and works good. Uh, some engineers would uh, recognize similar patterns from using GitHub and things like pull requests, etc. Try to think about uh, communication in that sense, and uh, you will, uh, I would say, remove a lot of distraction, a lot of stress from your work. Uh, and finally, I think it's very important to share goals all the time, to share progress, where we are at as a company, what we're doing. Because when you're remote, it's very easy to lose that sense. Are we moving forward? What's going on? So try to communicate that as much as possible and track everything, all the work that is going on. Because when you when you don't have office and when we work remotely, it's very important to uh, have record of agreements. It's not because someone won't honor them or something like that. It's just visualizing them because if someone is not uh, participating in certain conversation, uh, they will have zero ways about like uh, knowing uh, that something is going on. Uh, so it's very good to become, uh, to use things like Trello or some other tracking tool to uh, have a record of work. I would say it's more important to record work rather than track so when I say tracking, I don't mean time tracking necessarily. I mean literally having a record of something that's going on. Uh, that's yeah. way more valuable than uh, tracking time or trying to measure work itself. Yeah, brilliant. This was, this would be my key uh, key uh, suggestions for remote companies. So coming back to your leadership, you kind of I'm jumping back a little bit here. Um, as a tech leader, I mean, do you think it's it's good to be the jack of a lot of trades and the kind of uh, or just the master of one? I think it's very personal. Uh, I like uh, the idea, you know, there's a concept of uh, product market fit uh, in industries that people used to talk a lot about, but there's also a concept of product founder fit, uh, which I recently learned about. This is what makes you a great founder for this uh, startup. So when uh, uh, you kind of present your idea, that's interesting uh, way to look into that. I think it's the same with uh, you as tech leader as well. Uh, you have to know what your um, strong uh, sides are and what you're good at and try to uh, shape your leadership around that. Uh, say for myself, uh, I know my weaknesses, I know my uh, strong sides in terms of like dealing with people. Uh, for example, I, I, I'm a bit more on the empathetic side uh, with uh, dealing with people. So considering that, I try to use it as strengths and whenever I need some help with for example, to deliver some more constructive feedback. I use some help, uh, be it through mentors or uh, mm. through other leaders in our company. So I think it's uh, being accountable and knowing um, uh, yourself is quite important with this. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And, and coming now on to developing teams, I think we've covered quite a lot of areas around how you create high-performing teams. Um, so do you have any kind of uh, uh, tips on communication and maintaining alignment. I mean, you mentioned this a few times because you, you do hear this a lot about it's about alignment, but how do you create alignment? How do you create good communication? Uh, sure. It, it's something that needs to happen repeatedly. Uh, you can't communicate your idea one time and yeah, everyone one, one go. You can't yeah. do it even 10 times. It's not enough. It should happen repeatedly. And I would say you have to establish some 
feedback loop uh, for that. Uh, first of all, you have to understand uh, what is current understanding of people. So whenever you communicate, try to see uh, whether it had some impact or not. Another thing is connect whatever is happening. Uh, you had some success with customers, or you had some failure with customers. Always link that back to these goals. Uh, so make sure you communicate and use that actually as uh, something to help you uh, to align people, like um, always acknowledge if something went wrong and uh, be vocal about learnings from that. I think this is a key thing. It should be a repeated process. I, I imagine it is something uh, looping all the time and uh, improving alignment. Yeah. I don't think you can just have alignment. And there you go. Tick the box. We need we need to create a, um, a broken record that 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 says the same thing but in a different Absolutely. way, which is using your project, you know, para re paraphrasing it, you know. That's a great idea. <laughs> I, I, sometimes I joke, you know, having a parrot on your shoulder, you know, like you have the old uh, pirates and they have sure. a parrot on there, you know, <laughs> just keep saying the same thing. You, hey, it's the parrot, it's not me, you know, it's, it's just saying what it needs to say. I, I'm really curious around what you think are the foundations for growth and what are the common pains that you think other companies come across and you're kind of facing maybe yourself as well? Uh, to, see, to be honest, when it comes to growth, uh, the key word for me, the thing that I keep coming back to is sustainability. It's quite important uh, because people usually uh, talk about growth together with concepts like performance, productivity, growth in terms of numbers, in terms of revenue, etc. It's all great and uh, this is what we all strive for, but sustainability is key for any type of growth. It's uh, very hard to uh, to think about it on a personal level. As a tech leader, for example, um, it's not something that you will impact uh, straight away. Or even CEO of company won't impact that straight away. So growth is uh, this beast that uh, needs to be tackled altogether. And this is one of the topics where I think you have to be really aligned with other leaders in your company. It's a very important cultural bit for me uh, to be accountable, to know um, what is next and at what cost, I would say. Brilliant. I love it. That's great. Great advice there. So now moving on to the kind of a closing arc of the podcast, um, I'm kind of interested in uh, what tips you'd give to aspiring leaders out there. You know, what's worked for you? What could have worked better for you? And what are the things to definitely avoid? Oh, sure. Uh, so I would say the main advice is um, don't miss any opportunities. Um, uh, be, always be curious, always uh, try to try things, new things. Um, I had tons of small projects in which I uh, was involved and they grew into something very important. They impacted my career, they impacted uh, some of the most important decisions and relationships I built uh, at my work life and in general in my life. So I would say uh, always look for opportunities. It's also very important to look uh, for people around you, like don't miss opportunities to, again, I'm probably repeating this a lot, to attract some great mentors, some uh, great friends and network around you. I think like impact of that is just tremendous. I, I would, I would uh, again, encourage everyone to think about uh, their strong sides and uh, pick environments there they can have biggest impact uh, at any time. It can be small company, it can be large company. I've worked in uh, all different types of setups and I've seen how in large companies, people at certain bits do so much and they 
bring a lot of valuable uh, impact into the world. And same in small companies, uh, like people can uh, have a lot of uh, meaningful, uh, can bring a lot of meaningful value. Thank you for bringing that up, Charan. Very wise words. And um, this is an interesting part of the podcast. It's all interesting, but this is an interesting bit for me. What books would you recommend to other tech leaders out there that have been gateway books for you? Uh, sure. Uh, TC, look, I think we talked a lot about systems in this podcast, so I would definitely recommend a book called Thinking in Systems uh, by Daniela Meadows. It's a fantastic book. It's a great introduction into system thinking, and it will, um, it will basically equip you with uh, lots of tools that will be helpful for you as a, a tech leader and generally as an engineer. Um, Look, TC, we talked a lot about systems in this podcast, and I would want to recommend a book called Thinking is Systems by Daniela Meadows. It's a fantastic book. It's a great introduction into system thinking, and it will equip you with a proper toolkit um, that will help any tech leader or any engineer to think about things holistically and to solve problems on the right level to have this proper lens uh, that will help you see uh, what is the right scale to tackle this problem. Because overall, I think this is very important to find the right scale, to find the right approach to the problem. 90% of time can be spent in zooming in and 10% is actually solving problem in uh, a lot of things in tech industry. And I just want to share a general tip on books. I would encourage everyone to read books outside of their domains, not related to technology or anything. There's a lot of learning. I mean, uh, like some of the historical books can teach you a lot about leadership. Uh, Sci-fi books can give you a lot of inspiration. Yeah. I mean, read anything and uh, I do like I have quite diverse reading list from fiction to non-fiction uh, a lot of reading from a lot of learning from these books yeah I think that's very wise words I've started reading more fictional books at the moment actually and you're very right about sci-fi because the creativity of writers to actually inspire us in directions you're thinking that's really interesting what I find really interesting is a side note there's lots of side notes in this podcast is that watching Star Trek many years ago many of the things that they showed there are happening now we walk around with these little handheld devices that do all kinds of stuff so totally inspiring you know absolutely um, yeah, yeah, brilliant. And in fact, on a side note, learning from other areas, because you mentioned this around kind of cross-pollination from other areas. I was talking to our uh, CEO, Barney, around music, the structure of music and the way music is. Apparently, music is very fixed. It's very, it's stuck in its way. There's no challenging the status quo, you know? Again, it kind of shows you, yeah, it all works, but is there a different way of doing this? And jazz being a really fantastic kind of experimental kind of direction. So we can learn from lots of different areas, you know? So absolutely, absolutely. I want to look into a glass ball now, okay, and look into the future, five, 10 years from now, Turan. What's happening with you? Where would you like to see yourself? Oh, to see, that's a tricky question. Um... I'm not sure about exact timing, uh, to be honest, five or 10 years, but eventually, eventually I dream to get in a position where I can uh, be someone who shares knowledge uh, accumulated throughout years. Uh, like half of my family are teachers. Uh, oh. So I can't, I, I, I think this is the most fulfill, fulfilling job that you can ever have, one of the most fulfilling jobs at least. Uh, so I'm really looking into that. It can be teaching a class, it can be writing a book, or maybe actually even uh, hosting a podcast because Whoa. that's another, another way to share knowledge. <laughs> Move over, Tease. Uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. I'd love, I'd love to see you on a podcast actually. You know, it's, 
and, and it is, it's a real honour to be able to share people's ideas, open up a space for people to share ideas and then convey that on. Um, I, you know, and again, sometimes when you share your wisdom, sometimes it, it's the, the wisdom in sharing wisdom is that wisdom comes back when you need it the most. Absolutely, absolutely. So here we go, Taran. This is, is my most funnest part of the podcast, which is to be the tech genie. Okay, so imagine I've turned blue and I've got a pigtail and I am the genie. What is the wish that you'd like to make as a tech leader? What's your wish, sir? Oh, that's an interesting question to see. Um, I think uh, this is quite relevant to something you mentioned in your pre previous question, ability to see what's coming uh, and what well, maybe ability to see past. I would really, <laughs> out of all magical artifacts possible, I would really want to own a Palantir. And it's not the company I used to work for. It's actually what it take, uh, takes its name for, from. And it's uh, it's a magical crystal ball from uh, Lord of the Rings, which can uh, basically show you events throughout uh, space and time. It can show you what's happening in past and what's uh, happening in future. And it can be very handy for video conferencing, replacing Zoom, <laughs> Microsoft so, <laughs> I, love uh, I think it. That's, a, that's a perfect object for me because <laughs> yeah. uh, there's so much you can learn from past, uh, like uh, ability to project into future is something very uh, crucial for any leader, I yeah. would say. So out of all objects, I think that's, that's the one I would definitely want to have. Well, you're in luck, Turan. I've got one in the workshop that I've been working on for the last hundred years. Okay, and I will when it's working, I will pass that on to you. But yeah, I, I, I love this idea of something uh, being able to see in the past and the future, and being uh, able to be a Zoom function as well. You know, hey, all exactly. in one, <laughs> all in one. Um, and as we come to the full stop of our time together, sadly, Turan, what's the what's the key takeaway that you'd like to give the tech leader, men and women out there, before we leave? Uh, sure. Uh, I would go with uh, this repeated message of uh, being active member of communities, seeking for knowledge and advice, uh, seeking for mentors, and also being a mentor for yourself. Like the most valuable things we can do is teaching and learning from others. And uh, knowledge exchange is perfect way to grow and to grow sustainably, uh, I would say. So that is, I think, what I want to leave everyone with. Uh, definitely seek out for opportunities to teach and learn. And uh, I myself, like if anything I talked about today is interesting for anyone, uh, please feel free to get in touch. I would be happy to uh, help you with anything or uh, discuss anything. Brilliant. That's right. And we'll make sure your contact details are available to you. But as for the thing that you mentioned again, you know, around, uh, you know, the wisdom of learning and what have you, I wish I had one of those radio things where I could put in a really deep voice and a booming voice saying wisdom, you know, so that was wisdom. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that, Turan. Thank you very much for your time and great to have you on board, sir. Thanks a lot to see. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. Oh my God. There is someone in the UK working and innovating to make buying and selling houses easier. I wish I had one dome service a few years back when we were selling our house. The systemic problems of this industry just make it so painful. So well done to one dome and Turan for making the world just that little bit better. So what were your key takeaways from the podcast? Mine were as follows. Number one, you can systematically create a process where various stakeholders can use technology to smooth out the sharp jarring bits and make the process a lot smoother. My second key takeaway is it's immensely important to be an active member of every group you are part of. Speak your mind and collaborate with those around you. The conversations become more than the sum of their parts. Thirdly and finally, seek out opportunities to learn, 
but also teach. Learning and teaching have a reciprocating relationship. I remember when I was at university, I got the best grades I could by teaching others what I was learning. The knowledge gets embedded and grows into a wisdom of sorts. So thank you, Turan. Thank you for your time and sharing your wisdom. And good luck to OneDome in making the process of buying and selling houses easy as pie. And finally... Remember to subscribe to CTO Confessions podcast and IT Labs newsletter where you get regular tech articles and invites to the IT Labs webinar series. URLs for this can be found at the bottom of this page. We are consistently creating material to create, nurture and support a community of tech leaders. And of course, if you want to know more about IT Labs services, including our Teams as a Service service, please don't hesitate to get in touch. As mentioned in the intro, please think of us like Tech Leader's favourite off-the-shelf service, providing agility, high-performing teams off that shelf with a wide breadth of skill and knowledge. Well, that's all, folks. Look after each other and keep safe. Wishing you all a good day or evening, wherever you are in the world, from all of us here at IT Labs. Live long, live well and prosper. Until we meet again on the next CTO Confessions podcast.